Okay, we're back. Welcome, we're welcome. Back. Um, we're here. Um, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. Uh, we're here with. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. Um, we're here with actress Mary Neely. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm a little sleepy, if I'm being yeah. honest. Same, same. Thank My you muscles. For being here, though. Yeah, thank we you. Really seriously, we it. do. Of course. I know uh, it's a little. I never want to like do anything or go anywhere in the winter, but um, is it snow? Is it snowy over there? Windy? Oh, I'm in um, Fort Greene. Oh, and so it's it's a little um, chilly, but the sun is out, which is nice. Nice. But I, I just came back from upstate yesterday, and it was very snowy and, yeah. and icy. Well, um, so sorry, I don't know anything about New York. Um, with Fort Greene is in New York, correct? It's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm at I'm at this place called the Navy Yards because cool. I'm um editing some scenes for a movie that I shot last December, mm-hmm. and um it's sort of like an awkward location because there's not a train near it, mm-hmm. and so you I you know. You yeah. had to walk really far, but it's yeah. nice. There's a Russ and Daughters in the first floor, very good bagels mm-hmm. and stuff. So no no real complaints, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to work somewhere, like go like go somewhere to work rather than like, I, I like to work from my bed a lot, but it's not the best. Oh, I can't work at home, yeah. but I got very lucky with a hookup here. This is not my usual spot. So awesome. it feels a little special. So how long have you been in New York or Brooklyn? Um, uh, well, I, I currently live in Manhattan, um, okay. but I it'll be two years in like a couple weeks, actually. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And where were you before? I was living in L.A. my entire life. So mm-hmm. I was born wow. there and I never left until two years ago. And what got you interested in like? performing and that's what gave you what gave you the bug (laughs) yeah I mean I I was like one of those little theater kids um when I was in elementary school I was obsessed with watching musicals and in the third grade my friend Heidi told me that she was in a play and I was like um I could be in a play so I asked my parents to put me in community theater and um, I just became completely obsessed with it from the time I was like basically nine years old. And um, I really wanted to be a child actor and living in L.A. that it would be like a possibility. Mm-hmm. But both of my parents had worked in certain capacities in the industry and had seen the negative effects mm-hmm. of that on ch- children. And they both were very adamant that I was not allowed to do that even though I asked many, many times. And so my sort of thinking when I was a kid was like, oh, if my parents aren't going to let me do this, then I'm going to get as good as I can. Mm -hmm. And by the time I can make my own decisions and don't need their permission for things, then I'll be quote unquote ready to be an actor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just started studying, studying it really intensely when I was a kid. I went to a lot of theater camps and mm-hmm. did a lot of school plays and stuff like that yeah th- that's like a safe atmosphere to 
uh, get into acting. I feel like school plays or community theater. Yeah, totally. I've I've heard uh, yeah I've heard stories um, like through uh, like friends and stuff about uh, children <laughs> in the work working children. Um, yeah, it just seems insane because as an adult you can barely function sometimes like do, yeah. do, doing jobs. Like, it's very physically taxing. <laughs> um, but so as you kind of like, when did you, when did you feel like, Oh my, uh, did, did your like trajectory kind of a uh, snowball like naturally um, in when you were working in LA? Um, well, so I, when I was in high school, I was, dead set on moving to New York because mm -hmm. I just wanted to do theater more than anything and then a lot of circumstances like in the world and in my family led me to staying in LA mm -hmm. which was unexpected and I ended up studying theater at UCLA and while I was there I met a casting director who casts commercials um my junior year at UCLA I met this wonderful casting director named Kathy Carlton and we I was at a barbecue and she was there and she was like you should do commercials and mm -hmm. I was like I really need to make money because mm -hmm. I was working like all these random sort of odd end jobs at like a museum gift shop on campus and um I was a hostess at this restaurant in Brentwood and just a bunch of different things and babysitting, et cetera, et cetera. And so she was like, I'll help you get an agent. And um, my senior year at UCLA, I got an agent and uh, started booking commercials while I was still in school, which mm -hmm. I was very lucky for that. And that was a big part of my life in LA um, yeah. at the end of college. And then in my adult life, um, that was like a huge uh, thing for me in terms of my source of income, but then also just like community and um, getting to know a lot of uh, really cool filmmakers and stand-up comedians and improvisers and other mm -hmm. actors and stuff like that. So what I, I um, hear that commercial, like I've done a couple of commercial auditions. They are, they're really awkward, um, at least like <laughs> a few that I've done. Um, do you have like, I mean, the transition to start, it's like starting uh, to audition and having that be your full-time job. Uh, what was the transition like? And I know like, because sometimes you go into these regular commercial auditions and it is very strange um what was mm -hmm. that routine like yeah so I started doing improv mm -hmm. also while I was still in college I started taking classes at Groundlings and at UCB mm -hmm. um my junior and senior year of uh UCLA and um that I think doing improv is really integral for doing commercials because First, a lot of commercial casting directors want to see that you have improv mm -hmm. on your resume. Um, a lot of times, it's just a really useful skill in general, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but for specifically commercials, you have to be able to just be extremely um, present because a lot of times what you're doing 
in uh, in the job might be literally four seconds and you have mm -hmm. to convey a certain kind of facial expression or you have to say a line a certain way and improv really helps with that but mm -hmm. you know the thing that I think really helped me from theater school was punctuality and just taking things really seriously oh, yes mm. um because I think a lot of actors tend to sort of look down on commercial work because they don't mm -hmm. see it as you know real acting and obviously it's not creatively fulfilling in certain regards but at the same time it provides a sense of freedom mm -hmm. and there's a lot of really incredible filmmakers and cinematographers who do commercials in between studio movies mm -hmm. etc so you're around a lot of really really creative interesting people um, but I took it really seriously when I first started auditioning. I always made sure I was early. I was really polite to everybody that worked in the office. Um, I made sure that I read the sides beforehand if they gave them to us. And um, that really went a long way because mm -hmm. there are a lot of, especially like more jaded sort of like L.A. comedians or improvisers oh, yeah. who've just been doing it for a really long time they sort of have a negative attitude when they come in mm -hmm. and um very laissez-faire really, like yeah and it's very yeah. it's very easy to spot and I've also interned at casting offices and you think oh maybe I can hide this but you really can't yeah. um and so that there was that and then um really just like I think um not trying to do more than what is asked of you mm -hmm. I think that um, I think that's true, too, if you're auditioning for like a co-star role or even maybe a guest star role in a TV show. It's like I think a lot of times like actors want to imbue all of these things into a character when it's you're just a waiter and you're coming in right. and what that's your job. And I think that's like the same for commercials. It's like the the auditions are very can be very bizarre, like what you're mm -hmm. talking about, where I would drive, you know an hour and a half to Santa Monica and then I would have to literally just hold up a toothbrush and pretend it was a pen and like yeah. say like two things and then they were like okay thanks bye and I was like mm -hmm. what is what is my life like yeah. it got existential a lot yes, of times strange um, yeah um but you know I would go through cycles of being like okay I'm on this it's fine and then I'd be like what am I doing this is like slowly killing me and then mm -hmm. I would like get back in the groove again because at the end of the day, it's it's a way to make money. Um, yeah. And uh, it helped me a lot. But mm -hmm. yeah, in terms of, I just got really comfortable. Um, I was really lucky because I booked a lot of really big jobs mm -hmm. very er early on when I first started. Mm -hmm. And so I became very, um, I don't know, familiar with a lot of the casting directors. And um, I just like... I think just being confident and going in and um, not trying to stand out and just mm -hmm. being as grounded as you can is actually the thing that's going to make you stand out. Yeah. Because like it's, I always say, you know, just do the job. Um, I always like have a problem with being like, Oh, not too, too extra, but not too removed to the point where you're apathetic. Um, yeah. But it's, it really is a, all about like finding like that balance. And I think it's very, it's very challenging for some actors because it is, you are in a precarious situation, um, but it's very easy to forget, like, this is the job 
no need to, you know, go ab above and beyond just like bare minimum, be extremely on time, do what's asked of you, um, be yeah. prepared. And that, that I think, I think people always pick up on, like, no matter what people always pick on, pick up on who like gets it. Um, and yeah, yeah totally. That is great. Well, and yeah, I'm go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, you talk about taking the work very seriously, but I was watching a lot of your, um, you know, your work, and it seems like you don't take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. Do you do you do you agree? Do you feel like that is important to your work? Definitely. I, I if someone was telling me that I was taking myself too seriously, I would I would be so upset and maybe have some sort of psychological breakdown. <laughs> I really I really don't. Um, I, I, I think being studious and, um, being respectful is really, really important. Um, mm -hmm. right. but I, I, agree. I don't ever want to get too ahead of myself and think that whatever I'm doing is the most important thing in the world. Mm -hmm. yes, and, um, yeah, there's a, I, I notice a lot of like clowning and absurdity in a lot of your, <laughs> in a lot of your work because um your pandemic musical videos mm. um are just absolutely joyful and delightful to watch thank and, you mm -hmm. and um I, I I love them and uh, what was the what was the impetus behind them yeah so you know that was an interesting time I mean obviously for the world but mm -hmm. for me specifically I just two months before the pandemic started, I actually decided to quit doing commercials mm -hmm. um, because at that point I had been doing them for, I guess, like seven years. And wow. um, I sort of felt like I had reached the cap in terms of like, I was a spokesperson for four years. I did su Super Bowl spots. I did Olympic mm -hmm. spots. I did big campaigns. Like I didn't really see a world where I had a ton of upward mobility, like in, in the sense of like topping what I had already done. You built and, your street cred. <laughs> yeah, I built, yeah, I built my street cred. Yeah. I did that. And then on the other hand, too, in a more sort of like logistical sense, commercials have really changed. And the way mm -hmm. that actors are paid has really changed because of the internet, because yes. a lot of... <laughs> bigger um you know ad agencies are pulling out of uh mm -hmm. union contracts and hiring yeah. a lot of non-union actors and um you just cannot make as much money as you mm -hmm. used to be able to make and so there was a moment in january 2020 where i was at a callback with a bunch of my friends who i'd done you know jobs with and we all sort of looked at each other and we're like are you making the same amount of money and we're like no dude I'm not making like anything I booked like I booked a job I thought was going to be like my whole year's rent and they paid me like two grand or something yeah. you know mm. and um I, so I, in that yeah and in that <laughs> moment I was like I gotta figure out something else to do mm -hmm. um I need to transition more and I had been honing a lot of like writing and directing um skill sets or whatever for like a while and I was like I think I need to focus more on theatrical work as an actor and also writing and directing and then two months later the pandemic started and I just sort of was like what do I even find important like mm -hmm. what brings me happiness um nothing matters I felt like for years and years in LA I was sort of 
um holding myself back in certain mm -hmm. ways because i was like really concerned about making the wrong step or like you know going deviating from my path or like you know what what should i quote unquote Mm-hmm. should i be doing um what's like quote unquote important and i just i just felt like i had been sort of wrapped up in um i mean you know i was really concerned with like making a living like we all have to do um but then also like just had sort of deviated from why I even was doing what I was doing in the first place. And I had sort of lost my connection to like that younger part of myself that felt like if I didn't do a play, I would die. Um, Yeah. and so I, you know, was just like, who cares? Nothing matters. Literally Yeah. no, nobody can do anything right now. Like, Mhm. Mm um, nobody's working. What do I like? Like, mhm. what Mm is something that's important to me? And what used to make me feel safe and happy in times of sadness and stress. And I was sitting in my living room and I looked up at my DVD case and I was like, musicals were the thing that made me so happy when I was a kid. Yeah. And I had just so much stuff. Like I had a lot left over from random film shoots that I had done. And um, I have a thrift store clothing addiction. And so I had just wigs and props and costumes. I actually had like this giant bag of clothes that I had been planning on getting rid of and had been in the back se
Emily Nussbaum, who's the TV critic at the New Yorker, retweeted the thread. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, like other people besides my very close friends are seeing this. This Yeah. is kind of crazy. And then it got absolutely fucking insane. Um, yeah. Also, ha things happen or can happen very, very fast. Very It is, fast. it's weird. It's kind of Extremely <laughs> fast. And how did it feel to have um, Elizabeth Vincentelli say that as a musical theater kid, say that you were the one for, as she says, for a few heroic weeks, she was a one woman incarnation of musical theater itself. <laughs> so sweet I mean literally like true truly that was such I mean I still can't believe that happened to me sometimes like because so many people that I admire and that I respect were saying the nicest things about me and it was very overwhelming to be honest with you at the time because like we were saying it happened so fast Mm and hmm my notifications were literally broken mm like hmm i could I, I there was no way for me to see every notification that i was getting it You was broke physically the impossible internet. i broke my <laughs> my own twitter notification yeah. feed um and uh you know i was alone i was completely alone in my apartment um and it was just a very odd It was just a very odd experience. It was very strange. And it was honestly sort of alienating in some ways. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there were, I was always really scared of going viral online because, you know, everybody Right. can be so mean. Very vulnerable, yeah. It's, it's vulnerable. People can be very mean. You don't know what's going Yeah. to happen. This was so overwhelmingly positive, And I didn't, there was one person that said like, um, I think you've overstayed your welcome or something. And then everybody was like, shut up, like to that person or something. And that was like the meanest thing someone said to me. Truly, like people were so, so kind to me from No. just like in such a spectrum of just like people from all over the world um, sending me the sweetest, kindest messages, sending me presents, sending me money. Um, and and then, uh, yeah, up until... Uh, up all the way to like Lin-Manuel Miranda and yeah like Wow. like critics <laughs> critics like the, the, like theater critics like Peter Marks at the Washington Yeah. Post like I'm just like I don't I, I still feel like I don't understand the magnitude of it because again I was in like a bubble by myself and so sometimes I was like is this actually real because I have no one physical to like bounce this experience Yeah. off It's of not it's not like a tangible thing necessarily. No, Like it's in the no, air. <laughs> um no, but it was, it was Yeah. extremely meaningful, um, That's awesome. extremely meaningful experience and just like very validating and, um, very overwhelmingly kind response, um, that, uh, totally changed my life. Yeah. It's a it sounds like it was a good checkpoint after Yeah. doing commercials for so long, which like after I graduated theater school, I thought that was something I had to do. And I like really tried and did my best. But uh, with like the small handful of experiences, like the universe was telling me, like, don't do it. And like some people do commercials and they do it a couple of years or longer. Um, and I, I feel like it's the natural character arc to go through that experience, understand what it is, build your credibility, 
and have a well-rounded understanding of like your creative path and then at the end yeah at the other end is like the checkpoint where it's like okay time to like service my like natural creative uh tendencies and desires that are are always like have been there from the beginning um yeah it, it feels like but that is nice that it's that you had a positive experience uh from that um because it is so nice to have the moments where you're presently surprised that people are actually really nice because yeah we don't we don't really get that every single day you know no. um I I really really love those moments you're like oh people do like things and appreciate yes. uh, like an appreciate people actually people like want stuff. people want to earnestly like things mm-hmm. and um people want to feel good and yeah. people yeah you know, just, I think that I can get really like wrapped up in certain corners of the internet that feel really like negative and, um, sort of nihilistic. And this experience was just such a nice reminder that, you know, people just like want escapism and they want to laugh and it's okay to make things that make people laugh and make people feel good. And it doesn't actually detract from any sort of artistry. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be um, a really sort of uh, negative, uh, whatever, like edge Lord to mm-hmm. make something that people uh, value and, you know, is recognized by <laughs> artistic peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. It's It's almost like kind of obvious because you're sort of, sometimes like you're sort of incentivized to be uh, very ironic and cynical. Uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel like the, the novelty of a cynicism, like ironic cynicism that may have been like very new and um, strange and esoteric uh, in an artistic way or was considered as such maybe 10 years ago is slowly like tapering off. Um, yeah. Cause there's a overall like fit. I feel like there is a fatigue in like the artist community mm-hmm. um, with things that, um, you know, are, are like very extremely far away removed. Um, and I, I like the closeness. I also like, especially like that um, in film as well. I like the closeness aspect of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, and you directed a movie called Pink Trailer. Yes. Um, how was that? What was that like? Do you enjoy directing? I do really enjoy directing. That was also a sort of turning point for me because um, my background with directing was just that I actually never was seeking out directing as like a career path when I was 20s. I think I was really sick of the theatrical auditions I was getting because I felt like I was just playing girl number one who had no um, actual uh, semblance of humanity. And so I wanted to make a short that just showcased me as an actor. And uh, I did that. And then a lot of people were like, you should direct more. And I was like, what? I, I, you know, I'm not a director. I what is that? For directing. What <laughs> yeah. is that? Yeah. It, Cause like I was saying, like I, from the time I was literally like 10 years old, I was like, 
Malcolm Gladwelling acting like 10,000 <laughs> yes. hours like yeah. that's my life yeah. and so I was like I can't just like suddenly switch to directing like I would have to hone this craft for years and years and everybody was like no you don't and uh, I actually ended up going with that short I went to this great program in Iceland at the Reykjavik International Film Festival they have a talent nice. lab for directors who have made shorts but have never made feature films and I got selected and my film was nominated for an award and wow. everybody there was like you need to keep making more stuff and it just felt like this very nice communal sort of like experience and so I came back to LA and I made a web series that was based on the short that I act I also acted and wrote and directed and that was like a really challenging process and it ended up how do I like summarize this? Cause it's a really long story, but basically I, I made, <laughs> I made the web series. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I made the, I made the web series. It came out in 2015 when I was um, like 24 and I immediately got a lot of attention from some producers and this was all pre me too. Mm. So just just putting that out there for like timeline wise and vibe wise um <laughs> this was like a couple years into girls this was like a couple years mm -hmm. into broad city yeah transparent whatever so there was this sort of the like stars the stars the, were aligning. the movement yeah of like we mm -hmm. gotta maybe put more women in <laughs> charge of stuff um yeah. but the the people that i was sort of introduced to and came across um really didn't like value me as a whole mm -hmm. human being and I was really taken advantage of mm -hmm. and I had an extremely negative experience uh with trying to transition my web series into a television show and I decided to back out of it because mm -hmm. it was um honestly like a just awful experience and it really um deeply affected me where I was yeah. like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't feel valued as a human. I feel like everybody just wanted to be able to say, oh, I'm making a female led female written thing, but they mm -hmm. don't actually care about women. Yes. Um, and, oh my uh, gosh. I, I relate <laughs> to that so much. I had the same experience working in advertising and mm, I, yeah. I met a lot of amazing people in advertising, but I met probably the most scummiest people you will ever meet and you meet these people who are like cracked out and you cannot believe people say the things they do and do the things they do and like do business yeah. do business and like the business decorum um yeah the, some of these people have I was just like you know I don't think this is for me I think <laughs> um, totally yeah I was like sworn off I was like uh not advertising no thank you until further notice mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah did did that like when you had I mean when you have these like experiences like sometimes it makes me feel discouraged or like yeah another existential check <laughs> check mark I guess in the trajectory mm -hmm. for sure um yeah i mean my web series was an ex also an extremely personal story mm -hmm. um and i was actually processing things that had happened in my real life that were extremely challenging that i didn't even realize until i was much older that that's what i was even doing when i was making the web series 
And so when I had this experience of people coming in who didn't treat that with care and didn't really treat me with care, Mm -hmm. it was just like extremely traumatic for me. And Mm -hmm. um, I felt um, really uh, like almost like ruined in a way. Like I just... I, it took me, so that was it, that it came out in 2015. And then, um, it, it, I just was like, I had that experience in 2016. I also, Mm -hmm. there was, uh, um, a YouTube channel that wanted to license the series. And that was a whole other story of like, (laughs) you know, them promising me money and promising me like all this promotion on their channel. And then they didn't give me any money. They didn't give me any promotion. They um, didn't, again, it was just like being, mis- mm-hmm. I was just mistreated with that specific yeah. project, which also happened to, it, it was like I had taken my heart out and put it in a project. And a lot of people really responded to it in a, a very positive way. I still get mm-hmm. people who message me about it and I don't regret making it, but it was mm-hmm. just like this giant, it, it just felt like trampling, trampling, trampling yeah. over and over and over again. And I was like, I don't know if I would want to do this. Um, I, I think I just want to stick to acting and I, you know, I start, uh, I was booking commercials still. I, I shot Mm -hmm. some movies. I did some like, you know, web and TV stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I'll just stick to this. But then in 2017, so like almost two years after the web series had come out, this, uh, producer, her name's Ruby Kay, uh, she and I had met at a party randomly Mm -hmm. one night, like a month before the web series came out and she was like, Oh, I'm just about to start working at the mailroom at UTA. And I was like, Oh, well, I wrote this web series and I'm having a screening of it in downtown LA. Um, do you, if you want to come and like, literally like some of my like best friends didn't come because there was like traffic or something. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like mm-hmm. this girl yeah. Ruby ended up showing up to the screening. This was probably in like June or something I'm I feel like June of 2015 she came to the screening she saw it she was like I love this I was like great two years go by and she randomly hits me up and she's like hey I'm producing a short film and I still think about your web series and I would love for you to direct this short and I was like really and she was like yeah and I was like that's interesting because I sort of had like had given up on directing Mm -hmm. and you know hadn't been it was not at the forefront of my mind and she sent me the script and I met with the writers and I met with the other producers I gave them some notes on the script and they came back with a really great polished script and the thing that really sealed the deal for me was the location Mm -hmm. of of the short it's um truly like a gift from god the the girl one of the girls who wrote the short who also is one of the stars um her husband's grandma lives in this retirement center in san bernardino mm. in like a double wide trailer and when her husband died she decided to decorate the entire thing exactly how she wanted and that is essentially making everything pink and um yeah. having like these beautiful like oak walls with huge oil paintings and lace curtains pink carpet pink couches um dolls everywhere just like just in my mind like perfect aesthetic um very americana and um i walked into the trailer and i was like 
someone's looking out for me um because yeah. this is crazy <laughs> yeah. and honestly like that project um made me fall in love re-fall in love with mm-hmm. directing because that was also the first thing I had ever directed that I didn't act in mm-hmm. and th- I was like oh I actually can do this I have the skills to do this mm-hmm. I enjoy doing this and mm-hmm. um and then it ended up having an amazing festival run and we played before um book smart um at at some theaters and yeah it was just like a, it was again like a turning point situation yeah. of like putting me back on like a certain path yeah and like a lot of it does come down to the people too i think like the people that you surround yourself and like you come into contact with like it makes like a hundred percent more rewarding too when like you're surrounded by like really cool people who are like respectful and like have the same kind of values because I just always notice like that completely for me at least like it always like makes so much of a difference in terms of like feeling like you have like more um like bandwidth and like enthusiasm to like continue um expressing like creative ideas and exchanging um creative ideas and stuff Mm -hmm. well and that's so funny about the the trailer part because I was gonna ask like if that was like a personal choice that you made about the design Mm because like I absolutely love that design like it's total like 80s like yeah teen movie Mm -hmm. like perfect it was perfect perfect. Mm -hmm. I know I I always like his people it's definitely a huge talking point of the film and people always ask like who was your production designer and I'm like the grandma dude like yeah. the real life wow. grandma like we didn't we, we didn't yeah. touch anything and I can't take any credit for it and when I went into the space I was like okay my only job is to actually highlight every single aspect of this space mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm doing it justice mm-hmm. and to tell the story through interesting framing and camera movements because mm-hmm. I'm being given a gift yeah that's amazing do you like doing research yeah, I love like, doing research. Yeah, as, <laughs> yeah. For 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 your roles and everything. Oh yeah, totally. Um yeah, I uh I mean, I I don't want to give away the twist. I so the movie that I just shot in December, I also wrote with my friend Kareem Rama and he mm-hmm. acts in it with me. And um I had to do a lot of research for that role, but I don't want to say why because it would give away a giant spoiler. Yes, don't do it. Don't do film. it. Yeah. But I did a lot. I did a lot of research for that. And that I I I love being overly prepared. And um awesome. I definitely, yeah, I in my younger years, especially, I I got very obsessed and obsessive about topics and mm-hmm. would just go down like rabbit holes. Now I feel like I have sort of, I don't know, leveled out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> there are only so many topics. <laughs> yeah, there are only so, so many, many topics. To- so many. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just did a play um, in January where I had to play a art gallery girl. and. Okay, so I, I was there. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Not gallerina. I was actually... That was January. I was actually um I saw you oh, at the ad- at the adult. I saw film you at for, for the yes. That film. one also requ- that required a lot of research. Yeah, um, because it I was noticed- based on a real life artist. So yeah. definitely. 
Um, I was with my husband and like we were after the show, we were talking about like, oh, which one were your favorite plays? And like he um was like, Oh, hands down, like I loved that play. It was so good, it was amazing. The Dead Queen. The, yes, it was so funny. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was really fun and um really interesting mm -hmm. uh experience. I really liked doing that. Yeah, I was it scared me too. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. It I mean, it, yeah, yeah, definitely super spooky. And like yeah. Charlie, um, the director, he did a really good job of like creating a very specific atmosphere. Yeah, it's amazing how far a little fog can really go. Oh, yeah, fog and <laughs> it lighting. really change it. Fog lighting, you, you can do yeah. it in your own home, like it changes yeah, everything. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Gallerina, yes, by Roman D'Ambrosio. Um, yes, how how did he did he approach you with the script and said, "I want you to play this role"? Yes. What what was yeah. the, what was the process for that? So, actually, relates to what we were just talking about because uh, Roman and I were both in the adult film mm -hmm. theater festival that mm -hmm. happened in December, and I was in this play that we we're just talking about called the dead queen mm -hmm. and um roman was in a different play and we we had met actually last summer uh when i did met uh matt gazda's play minotaur and Amazing. we went back to beckett's place on hudson um after just like a night of the show and roman was there I met Roman um, and uh, he just is a very like unique, interesting person and has like a well of references and mm -hmm. things. And you could have like hours long conversations with him. Um, and when we did the adult film uh, festival, he we would just like be joking around backstage and sort of making up because I, I looked like I don't if I had my costume on because I'm supposed to be like you know Leonora Carrington mm -hmm. who was an artist um a surrealist artist in the 1930s and 40s and my costume I, I started when I first put it on I was like I look like I'm in Newsies like the musical I was gonna say you look like Oliver Twist kind of yeah or, yeah <laughs> yeah because I was supposed to be like walking through the woods yeah. and this whole journey so I had like a page boy hat on mm -hmm. and um, Roman and I just started joking around and pretending like we were newsies. Um, and like, it was just like really silly. And as we were doing that, he was like, I have this play that I really want you to do um, called Gallerina. And he had actually asked me to do the reading of his play, Chinatown Cigarettes, uh, which happened a few months before that, but I was una unavailable at the time. And so I always was like, oh, I really want to work with Roman at some point. Mm -hmm. So when he asked me, I was like, yeah, I, I want to work with you. I want to do something. Um, and so he was like, great, I'll send you the script over the holiday break. And he sent me the script and I was like, this is one of the most like psychotic, like perverted things I've ever read. But um, yeah. it's and it's so challenging because it's 40 pages of really intense dialogue with mm -hmm. like eight monologues for my character and um, it go it switches between sort of prose and really heightened Shakespearean language. And mm -hmm. when I read it, I was yeah. like, this is terrifying, but I really wanted to be challenged and I really wanted to um, dive into something that mm -hmm. I hadn't, I've never done anything. I've never done a piece like that before. And so I was like, I need to do this. Um, and I'm really glad that I did, but it was really hard. Yeah, I had the same reaction when I read hit uh gallerina i was like this is 
like li- lightning in a bottle, uh, mm-hmm. kind of very mm-hmm. e- extremely ex- like very uh, homemade dynamite esque kind of <laughs> um, yeah, very explosive and like very very challenging. Um, yeah, but I mean, a, with a lot of a lot of times, what ends up happening is like sometimes I'll read something and then when you're in person, it's completely completely different. Um, yeah, what, what was that like? Um, like did it like go how you like saw it or like did it surprise you I was totally surprised I mean I um the other character was played by Kyle Dunn who is incredible and Mm -hmm. you know we both had prepared and sort of had things in our mind before we came into rehearsal and then when as we were going along like Roman was so specific about how he Mm -hmm. wanted um certain things to come across and the message of certain lines and the turning points and the sort of like ups and downs and the power dynamics and how they switch at like certain instances whatever Mm -hmm. and I was so taken aback but like it made sense like every time we would have a rehearsal and Roman would be like no no in this moment you need to be like Kathy Bates like screaming all of a sudden and at mm-hmm. first I was like what are you talking about but then I would yeah. do it and I'd be like oh my god exactly yeah <laughs> like this is like what needs to happen in this mm-hmm. moment and mm-hmm. um it was just really exciting like working with both of them uh we got along really well and mm-hmm. I mean again it was it was very challenging because <laughs> we only rehearsed for like a couple weeks before the yeah. play went up and it was a lot to tackle mm-hmm. um and so it was like a little draining but by the time we got to the performances like Kyle and I felt so comfortable with each other mm-hmm. and we just like I mean truly it was it was just so I mean fun isn't really the right word it was just like very invigorating and mm-hmm. um I uh yeah I I really appreciated the way that Roman directed us I felt um I felt like he had a very specific vision and I never really felt like I was uh, fighting him on anything. Yeah. And we also had um, a wonderful choreographer who helped us with a lot of the physical sequences. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt very like taken care of. Oh, taken that's care so of. nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and Gallerina also, um, she wears Paloma Picasso. If yes. If I'm remembering correctly, did you put wear Paloma yes. Picasso for the performances? Yeah, Roman has a bottle and he sprayed Paloma Picasso on all of the programs. And then oh. I sprayed it on myself <laughs> as well. I love that. God. Yeah, I yeah love a- ambia- the ambiance once again. Yes. it go- It goes a long way. Yes, a lot of ambiance. He had um, a piano piece play before the show started, and um, he had, yeah, he had a whole vision, and it came to fruition. Did -hmm. you feel that the scent of Paloma Picasso helped you understand Gallerina a little bit better? Definitely. I mean, when I first read the script, I was like, I can't look like how I normally look, because this Mm -hmm. character is so different from like how I usually operate as a person and also the descriptors that you know Kyle's character gives me you know like Mm -hmm. I'm like dripping in gold I'm like the most like inorganic thing that's ever Mm -hmm. existed like all these things and so I originally pitched to Roman I was like I need to be wearing a wig and he was Mm -hmm. like I don't know about that 
So instead I got my hair straightened and mm-hmm. I haven't had my hair straightened since I was in high school. Like I've, have, I've have curly hair. I always wear my hair curly. And mm-hmm. so I got my hair straightened and I wore just like really, um, you know, specific sort of black clothes. I had long acrylic nails, like French tipped acrylic nails. Mm-hmm. My friend Bryn runs um, a watch sort of like Instagram business thing and mm-hmm. let me borrow a Missoni, a gold Missoni watch. And mm-hmm. I just had all this like gold jewelry, like the nails, the perfume, the straightened hair, mm-hmm. like that aesthetic, which is so foreign. Like I would never. Very I like sharp. Say, and pointy kind very of very <laughs> sharp and pointy and, yes. and inorganic yeah. and um it's very different from who I am and all of those things put together like really changed the way that I walked mm-hmm. around yeah <laughs> that's awesome because she's like gallerina is like an impulsive person yeah and mm-hmm. when I first read it I thought that they were like ro- like they were a couple that was like role-playing <laughs> having like and she was like trying to like get him to like do something weird sexually for her yeah oh my god that's so funny yeah I that does make sense actually <laughs> because I, I was getting like um I don't know if you're familiar with like David Ives Venus and Furs oh like yeah that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the energy that right. I was getting from this play mm-hmm. That's so funny. I lo- I mean, the thing about it is I feel like you could have a million interpretations mm-hmm. of what's mm-hmm. actually going on because it's so heightened and insane. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. um, just like the way, because wait, did you see the play or did you guys just read it? We, we just read, read it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because like the way that it's written, um, I think opens your mind up to a lot of different possibilities of what could mm-hmm. actually be going on. And then when we actually were doing the play, I was like, oh, this is what it is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think that, I think that, but that's the thing about like any sort of work, especially one that um, has so many layers to it is that mm-hmm. there's going to always be different interpretations mm-hmm. and there's always going to be different thoughts and it's not up to like the actors or the playwright to answer all of those questions um, because the audience and the viewer, it's, it's everything is so subjective, but yeah. um, I, I will say that it's the way that we played it in the play is that it's almost like this sort of lady Macbeth Macbeth mm-hmm. moment, especially towards the end of just absolute, like, power fuckery between the ideas of art and politics Mm -hmm. and Roman sort of you know and one of our first rehearsals was like yeah the language itself is its own sort of like visual art piece Mm -hmm. um and uh you know the line I have a line that says uh never be scared of vulgarity the market always trends towards vulgarity and like Mm -hmm. that is kind of one of the main sort of ideas of the entire show um vulgarity sexuality the way that like how that can bleed into art and and Mm -hmm. into politics and in a bigger sort of macro way Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah Mm. i i like that that was probably the main motif i received from reading the play because just like the language itself, I felt like the language was its own kind of character or 
was mm-hmm. like just the primary infrastructure of the uh, re- like relationship that the um, characters inhabit. And uh, yeah, as a v- by virtue of that, it could really be anything. Um, yeah. It, like opens up a whole like can of worms. Totally. Um, murderers prefer blondes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so funny. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you, and you just, you, you were an editor and actor in it. You didn't write uh-huh. it, did you? Or did you write it? <laughs> it's like, this is such a, I mean, this piece like has lived on in this way that I could have never imagined, but the long and the short of it is that literally my friend who I made it with, uh, Mika Baranesher, she and I met and she was just like, hey, you should come over to my house with like some wigs. I have a camcorder and we should just make a video for fun. And it felt like being in middle school where someone yeah. was like, let's just like make a video just because I was like, yeah. great. Like I literally, I that's all I want to do. Yeah. And I went to her apartment and we together came up with the story as we shot it. So perfect. We like she shot it yeah. and I was acting in it and I played Very free form, extremely free form. And <laughs> yeah. I play I- identical twins, but one is blonde and one is brunette. And so we shot, I think we shot the blonde twin first. And so we did the entire film like just from the for the blonde. And then we went back and did the entire rest of the coverage with the brunette and using the lines that we had already shot. And um, and then I edited the whole thing. And um, because we shot on a camcorder, the sound quality was not good. And so I ended up re-recording every line on my iPhone and then using freesound.org to do all of the Foley for yeah. the film. And it's just had such an incredible little life. This And it literally cost us $40. We, um, <laughs> we The only cost was... Uh, translating the footage from analog to digital and mm-hmm. um, I love that I love this movie awesome. and the fact it's that so all these good. it's been in all these like European film festivals and it's insane I mean yeah. it's yeah and there, there's <laughs> like it, it costs nothing to make but usually like the things that cost nothing are like the most unique like there's nothing uh, it cannot be replicated um yeah. I mean, again, it's like similar <laughs> to what I was talking about with my musical videos. It was truly just two people doing yep. it because we thought it was, That's we good. were just making ourselves laugh so yeah. hard. Like, and it was, again, it was just so fun. Um, And, and that's what happens when, you mm-hmm. know, you know, so, just make the stuff that you want to. So mm-hmm. what makes, what makes you laugh? What, 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 what <laughs> inspires you in, in the world of comedy? Oh my god. Well, I I uh a lot of things make me laugh. I um I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of laughing mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we love jokes here. I love a joke. Love a joke. <laughs> oh god, I love a joke. Um but no, I I sort of by way of doing commercials found myself uh around a lot of stand-up comedians in Los Angeles. Um I, I found it hard to find an acting community in Los mm-hmm. Angeles that I really identified with. And so I really gravitated a lot towards uh, stand-up comedians because there's camaraderie there. 
that um, I really kind of reminded me of theater school almost. Mm -hmm. And so I just have spent a lot of time with stand-ups. And so mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who are very funny and who make me laugh very hard, um, who are all stand-up comedians. And I, I've spent a lot of time going, a lot of time going to comedy shows and mm -hmm. I've done some comedy shows myself, but I don't really consider myself a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. But stuff that makes me laugh and what inspires me in the world today. Let's see. Um, well, I am rewatching Girls like every Ugh. person in New York City right now. I could yeah. rewatch it over and over again. <laughs> I I feel like gems. I'm on a consistent. There are some cycle. really funny jokes. There's Just like so I'm on not those. I'm not chuckling through every episode, but sometimes a joke will hit, and I'm like, that Ugh. is like fucking funny, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that show, and um, I I don't know, like uh, my so I have a friend named Zach Zucker who is a clown, and he runs a stand up show that I've done a couple times, but I every time he has a show when we're in the same city because he travels a lot. I see it because I've seen him do like the same jokes over and over again, but I still laugh every single time. Mm -hmm. Um. He's so funny. My friend um, Jared Goldstein is a very funny stand-up comedian. My friend Ahmed Weinberg is a very funny stand-up comedian. Um, those those are some stand-ups that they get me chuckling mm -hmm. um, <laughs> in awesome. on the stage and in the group chat. Um, yes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's like I get overwhelmed sometimes when I get asked this question because I am constantly really – I, I get very inspired very quickly by things. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like when someone asks me this, I forget everything I've ever been inspired by. The, um, top, the topics. There's just so many topics. There's so many things. <laughs> and like, but yeah, like, I guess, um, what what else have I been? Oh, well, I, so I actually just came back from a writing residency. Um, yesterday, I was in the Catskills for like five days mm -hmm. um, with my friend, Kelsey Bauman Murphy and she and I met when we were in our adolescence uh we we grew up in the same part of um the west side of LA and uh we never went to the same or wait did we go I think we went to the same middle school but we like never we didn't go to high school together we didn't go to elementary school together or no wait I don't I don't remember I don't think she was whatever it literally is semantics who cares <laughs> but um she uh she's like a person that I've reconnected with like in adulthood and um we had like a very inspiring last couple of days where we both were working on separate projects and we bounced a lot of ideas off of each other and there was a dance studio at the residency where we did yoga every day together and I danced a lot to ABBA and mm. um I don't know those are just sort of some things that are just at the top of my noggin but like I swear to god I'm like always reading things and doing things that I really love Brene Brown and I really love you're yes. in the right place yeah <laughs> okay I'm obsessed with Brene Brown yes. and I'm really into Glennon Doyle um and like just like those sort of like I don't know I've I, I've, I'm in a sort of like healing phase of my life and um mm -hmm. those women have been like extremely integral um mm -hmm. to that part of my life and uh yeah I could go on but those are just some <laughs> so I love to talk to people or like actors about like why like they're so attracted to like the new age movement yeah um, <laughs> why do you, why do you think that actors are so attracted to it 
to like the Brene Brown vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like Brene Brown's books are actually written for actors. Like mm -hmm. right. Yeah. It's they speak <laughs> they speak really well to actors. Yeah. Well, right. there's like an inherent we have to inherently be vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. In our yeah. work. Like that's a huge part of our work. And that's mm -hmm. what Brene Brown's main focus in life is, is to understand and quantify vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like I think a simple answer. But I think she also has this sort of like really good balance of being very kind and loving while also being a hard ass mm -hmm. and I think like maybe at least for me as like someone who grew up studying theater with like very intense teachers and then mm -hmm. going to school for in undergrad theater my favorite teachers were always the ones who had that balance of being extremely kind and mm -hmm. loving, but also not taking any shit and being hard asses. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I, it I had an acting. Like it's a great, people, I mean, it, yeah, it's I great. The most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, I, I, I had this acting teacher my junior year at UCLA named Scott Conti, who he was like, he looks like he could kick your ass, but he, mm -hmm every day was like talking about how vulnerable we need to be and mm -hmm. finding the softness and everything. But at the same time, like I had shithead kids in my class who like mm -hmm. wouldn't take things seriously. And that pissed me off because yeah. I, again, I, I was like, I'm here to learn and I'm here to like <laughs> understand everything and yeah. like be like on time to everything. And then mm -hmm. I have like this like boy in my class who like is acting like, he doesn't give a fuck about anything mm -hmm. and not memorizing his lines for, you know, a scene, not coming in prepared, coming in late. And a lot of teachers wouldn't call him out on his shit. And it really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And Scott would call him out. And I was like, yeah, dude, like mm -hmm. call his ass out. And I got mm -hmm. called out too. And I yeah. would like come up short and like not mm -hmm. do as much as well as I could or like was behind on something. Like, yeah. And it's I remember, yeah, it's really, it's really important. Like, yeah. There, we we did these things called auto dramas where we had to um, uh, basically make theater pieces that were representative of our, our life, mm -hmm. and it, it was very open ended. It could be mm -hmm. like anything, basically. And I was like revisiting a lot of really like fucked up things that had happened in my life, and I it was very overwhelming. And this is gross, but I literally had a planter's wart on my foot, which I had never mm -hmm. had before. But oh, it was I, the most I get them all the time. It was so painful. And um, the night before I was supposed to do my auto drama, I accidentally burned it off my foot by combining these two medications that you're not supposed to combine. So I was literally like on the floor of my um, like college apartment screaming in agony and like just like it was just like it all felt connected like this visceral yeah. experience of like screaming in agony and like having to do some like auto drama about my life. Yeah. And like I just I didn't know what to do for it. And I sent my teacher an email that was just like I had like this medical thing and then also I just I don't know what to do and I, I'm not going to be prepared when I come into yeah. class and I came into class and he was like upset like he was mm -hmm. like this was your assignment and it was due today and you didn't do it mm -hmm. and I like used to have a really hard time crying but for whatever reason I just broke down and I was like I care about this class so much I want to do this mm -hmm. so badly I'm just having a really hard time with it yeah and he and then he just gave me a hug and he mm -hmm. was like okay like you'll do it 
And I just feel like that yes. is very Brene Brown. Yes. Oh my like- gosh. The same, the, well, something extremely similar happened to me in theater school where uh, we were, I was doing tech for a show and it was like, I had all these lines and like very physically draining. But when we, when we got to tech, our like ensemble, like including like me, we were just like not, we didn't have our lines. Everybody was fucking up. It was just a disaster. And like while we were in tech, the lights are on us. Our like professor like screams. It's like, this is, we are actors. This is what we do. So loud, like just scream, mm. like tearing our asses apart because it actually really needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, on top like after a long time of somebody being very kind and like soft and like now it's like no you're you're like spiritually fired essentially yeah um, and I <laughs> yeah and I cr- I cried I was like bawling in front of all my castmates and it was just everybody was staring at me because I was crying the, the hardest and I was so yeah. ash- I was so ashamed um and nobody I mean nobody hugged me afterwards but I still credit it as like it was an amazing, very important character building moment in my yeah. life. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. I, I, um, I think that's like one, I had maybe two, two, a couple of times cry in front of people. Um, it, yeah, I think it's good. It's good for, for character building. <laughs> Oh, I totally. Yeah. Now I cry. Now I cry all the time. Now yeah. I'm like, I literally am like at the Bowery with my friend crying to her about like, mm-hmm. you know, fucking anything. And mm-hmm. in public, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, But when I was like, in my early 20s, I mm-hmm. was completely shut off from like my emotions. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when we're in our early t- 20s like we want to be like i'm so serious like i can't can't people cannot people cannot <laughs> yeah. even, can, people cannot even see my genius thoughts how serious <laughs> i am like i'm a genius and um i'm so i've just the behavior uh control i have is like incredible but uh no like yeah i think through, through those moments you learn like you can't really control um Sometimes, yeah, you can't really control like how you feel about things. Um, it's but, true. Yeah, even though, yeah, even though, like, I wanna, I always like wanna like turn on actor mode and be like, I am a thespian. Like, I just, but no, like, I can't. I, I always like envision like this video of like someone being like, I'm serious, the to be or not to be, like uh, Jeffrey Chaucer, but you know, Shaw or whatever. Um, major Barbara but it's instead it's like I'm in I'm in hairspray and I'm <laughs> line kicking through life and, and just <laughs> jaunting grand jetting all over the place I can't help it um but yeah Maddie do you have any other questions or should I I'm I'm limit? yeah I'm ready to get to the thespians the, the thespian studio questions yeah okay yeah. cool so we like to when we do our inside the thespian studio episodes we like to do the actor studio questions oh my god no way <laughs> uh, but um we like to start off by asking um our guests what their um astrology sign is i'm an aries hell yeah beautiful mm-hmm. do you know your moon and rising sign as well okay i have to, i have to look it up this is a thing <laughs> about this is a thing about me is that I actually um, have this thing where I cannot 
uh, retain information about astrology. Like, I actually want to know more. Like, yeah. I'm like, I want to be one of those people that's like, that is so Virgo. But like, yeah. I literally will try to memorize it. And it simply is not staying in my brain. I don't know. Yeah. How to do, I don't I don't know why. Anyway. Yeah. I okay, wanna, so I want to be like your Saturn is crowning or something yeah, yeah I don't know like but okay so sun is in Aries moon is in Pisces okay. and ascendant is in Libra mm. wow do you feel like you are in Aries like yes you do I do you feel very connected to that I mean usually when I read a description I'm like yeah I feel like it's I can point. be ex- extremely fiery I have a lot of fire and um sort of like want to take charge mm-hmm. of things um and I can be very stubborn and I can be um I can also yeah like I don't know what are other characteristics of areas I have to <laughs> I, don't know. I mean they're, they're, they're the, the baby sign so like they're just very like they love all the attention on them but like they're like, oh they interesting cut through, mm-hmm. they cut through things mm-hmm. um you know, like uh, Lady Gaga is an Aries. Uh, Betty okay. Davis is an Aries. Mm. Okay, <laughs> it's funny because like I do, I I simultaneously, I simultaneously, I just have a weird, weird um uh, relationship to attention. Mm-hmm. I actually sometimes don't like having attention, but mm-hmm. then I also mm-hmm. am comfortable. Like if I'm at like a dinner party, I could like mm-hmm. there's sometimes where I can like tell a long story to a big group of people and it feels Mm -hmm. good and other times I'm like I don't want anybody to look at me like ever yeah Mm. yeah I feel the same it's a it's a weird like relationship with like I love uh, the ref- or the the likeness of your own image I'm always like (laughs) torn in between the two right um what is your favorite word oh my favorite word. Mm. My favorite word. Can it? Can it be in another language? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no rules here. Mm-hmm. Um. I kind of love the word "who." in french which it's c-h-o-u which means cabbage and it's like can be used as like a term of endearment Mon that's fou. cute huh. that's so like my, your... like my cabbage yeah <laughs> what is your least favorite word oh um hmm interesting I feel like I don't like the word um hmm. like uh I don't know for some reason poison is coming to mind <laughs> perhaps the sound of it but then i mean the sound of it kind of matches like what what's the word for when a word matches what it means but it's sort of it's sort of that but then also just like like the idea of like Mm -hmm. poisonous energy or like poison Mm -hmm. like i don't know yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. What turns you on? Oh, um, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely confidence. Confidence and um, reassurance and, like, um, val like, like validation. And um, I sort of like being told what to do. Me too. Um, what turns you off? <laughs> Um, what turns me off is, um, uh, like, in inability to, like, 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 like when, like, inability to see others, like, situations, like, if someone, like, is, is sort of wrapped up in their own experience and not really seeing what's going on with others around them, um, and, uh, definitely, like, in insecurity is, like, a big, Mm -hmm. turn off for me and um uh if someone takes themselves too seriously that's like a really big turn off to me um just like any sort of oh oh if someone if someone sort of has like an ego mm -hmm. and um like like if if someone you know I think that go, it can go too far with like social justice issues sometimes like it's mm -hmm. like I, I like when people are really informed but they don't like hold their opinions above other people mm -hmm. if that makes sense oh, yeah 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 totally um I don't know like I've I've dated I've dated people who I'm just like you need to chill do you know what I mean like um yeah. not a good look no yeah. not a good look at all <laughs> yeah um what sound or noise do you love um, I guess I, I love when my cat is purring on me when he's laying, oh, he lays on my chest and he purrs on me. That's the best sound. Wait, wait, what's your cat's name? Mister. That's, <laughs> that's adorable. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? I have a thing where like, if there's repetitive, like a repetitive noise, like over and over and over again, it could be anything. I'm the same like, way. Any, I, can I can't never, concentrate. I can't sleep. Like. I'm no, like right <laughs> right now. Well, I'm I'm about to move, but in my current apartment, sometimes my refrigerator will make this noise where it just Oof. goes ear 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 like over and over and over again, and I it, I feel like I'm going clinically insane. Like I have to it's, I like it's hell. shove I I shove the refrigerator to make sure that it like because sometimes I can stop it, um. But it's just like if any noise, like if someone is like ticking on like a desk over and over again air conditioner like, like any like anything like i cannot concentrate mm -hmm. um what is your favorite curse word <laughs> um i mean i say little bitch a lot <laughs> <laughs> um i say fucking hell a lot <laughs> those are any, the, those are coming to mind any uh any curse word where there's like two curse words together. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I'd love to like be like a frou-frou organic farming chef person in like upstate New York. What profession would you not like to do? Oh God, like pretty much everything except for like what I do. 
I'm so bad. I've gotten fired from so many like quote unquote normal jobs. Like I cannot hold like a normal job. I'm um, like, I'm immune to like, I just expect that I'm going to be fired at any moment. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, I think expecting. I think like any sort of like clerical position, I would go absolutely like insane. Um, I think like, yeah, like also just like anybody with like a lot of like diplomacy, like that would be really stressful. Oh, yeah. I, I just like don't want to be responsible for stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, uh, I, when I was an office manager once, I accidentally sent like a $4,000 check to the wrong person. Oh, no. Um, and that's, that's when you, Nightmare. that's when I knew. I was like, you know, this is not where I'm, my heart's not in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates you weren't wrong okay i have a thing where i always think i'm wrong i'm working on it i'm working on it but i I literally humble humbleness though is a virtue yeah but it's like it's just like it wouldn't be like you never made a mistake like Mm -hmm. we all make mistakes but like i just have this inherent thing that everything that i do is wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. it waxes and wanes yeah and so to have that sort of reassurance would just be like very freeing (laughs) some days it's it's hard because like i have those days where i'm like am i saying sorry too much like this because i know um, i feel like i would notice it on some other people because sometimes like oh sorry 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 yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. well thank you so much mary for joining yes, us today. thank you it was a real pleasure Lovely. to talk with you yeah this is so fun it's yes absolutely um anything to plug right now or anything you're working on right now um i'm working on this movie that i mean it's going to be a long journey in post we're just beginning the process so it's not going to be in theaters anytime soon but look out for my movie doing some more play readings so just follow me on instagram and i'll be posting about it (laughs) excellent love that thank you so much yes thank you so much um thanks guys thanks have an amazing rest of your day stay warm um and and seen and seen (laughs) 